If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 733. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. You've already heard about that. But of course, it is November 2022. I've got Black Friday deals just for you on McClanahan Academy courses. So if you use the coupon code BLACKFRIDAY2022, you can get the deals, right? 30% off on all McClanahan Academy courses. I mean all McClanahan Academy courses. So the bundles, the individual classes, the expensive classes, the inexpensive classes, it's all there, 30% off. And it's only going to be for this month. So you want to grab those classes while you can. I don't often put the classes on sale. So you want to pick them up this holiday season. They make great gifts for you or for your loved ones. Your Brian McClanahan Show fan out there. If you like the podcast, you're going to love McClanahan Academy. You can also support the show by clicking on the support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Click on the super thanks button under this video a little hard if you're watching on YouTube. You can go to anchor.fm. You can subscribe there. Lots of great ways to support the show financially. Purchase my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. They also make great gifts. Just click on the shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you like it. Give it that five-star review. Leave a text review where you can, and also comment on YouTube. That helps the algorithm, gets people interested in the show, and make sure you watch it all the way through. Even if you don't actually physically sit there and watch it, put it on two times speed and watch it all the way through. The more views of people watching all the way through, the more the algorithm at YouTube thinks it's a great show, and they're going to they're gonna promote it to people. So do that too. That also helps. And as always, send me those show requests. Let me know what you want to hear. Now, here we are. On the precipice of the most important election of our lifetimes, which was just a little bit more important than the last election of our lifetimes, most important election of our lifetimes, which was last election. That one was just a little bit more important than the last election of our lifetime, the most important election of our lifetime. So I don't know how much more important this one is than 2020, 2020 or 2018 or 2016 or 2014, or 2012, or 2010. I'm not certain how much more this election is more important than the last election in our lifetime, but it's a pretty important election. And according to the Democrats, if they don't go out and vote now, they will never vote again. So this is really funny. I mean, we're getting into the silly season now, and the Democrats are, are I mean, the hysteria is all over it. And I'm going to start this week, we've got election day tomorrow, with President Brandon's speech last week, on democracy. Now, I, I honestly can't wrap my head around what they're doing here because this is what these people think is the issue that will drive people to the polls and get them to vote tomorrow on Tuesday if they haven't already voted. We know 100 million people have already voted in Fulton County, Georgia already, right? I mean, they already voted. 100 million people, if not 200 million people, have already voted in Fulton County uh, to vote for the current governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams. Uh, we know that's already happened. 
So we'll talk about Stacey Abrams tomorrow. I don't even know how she could even conceivably lose when 350 million people are going to vote for her and nobody's going to vote against her in Fulton County. So, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a slam dunk. She's going to win. So, uh, But we have other people like that, too. Beto, he's probably going to get nearly 1 billion votes uh, in, in Austin alone, um, in the city of Austin. Probably a billion. And so he's going to win uh, because of that. And then, of course, what I'm seeing on social media right now is that the Democrats are going to pick up uh, 50 seats in the Senate. And uh, they are going to have all the seats in the House. So it's going to be it's going to be you know 535 to nothing for the Democrats, and uh, and of course Joe Biden is going to win re-election in in uh, 2024 by something like uh, 200 billion votes, I think something like that. I mean it's it's going to be monumental. The Democrats are going to sweep. Why? Because Republicans are trying to end democracy. And they're trying to end democracy as we know it. And if nobody votes, these people will never vote again. So everyone in the world is now going to vote for the Democrats because if the United States, if the Democrats don't win the United States, no one in the world will ever vote again. That's what I, I mean, what I understand is happening out there. If we don't do this for democracy, democracy is over in the world, not just here in the United States, but in the world. In fact, I don't think they're ever going to write it in the history books again. We're just going to have to say democracy was created in Greece and it ended in the United States. And from that point forward, uh, we have uh, totalitarianism. And, and uh, we're never going to see people voting again, ever. So this is about democracy. Now, again, I can't understand the messaging here. We've got an economy that is in shambles in a lot of ways. We've got inflation to the highest point uh, in 40 or 50 years. Uh, we've got people that are struggling to make ends meet right now because of high gas prices. And I mean, look, it's all Orwellian. What the Democrats are doing is Orwellian. Gas prices are down $1.50. They're actually up $1.50 from what they were two years ago. You know, the economy has added seven, we've added 700,000 manufacturing jobs. And of course, we all know that a lot of those are re, are just the jobs are coming back that were lost because of the government shutdowns, right? So there's no new jobs. These are all just replacing jobs that were lost, and we're we're getting them back because of the shutdown, right? So I mean, this is this is just crazy. And the beautiful thing about all this is, since Elon Musk took over Twitter, now the president's stupidity is being fact checked, and it's it's beautiful. It's glorious, right? He he put out a tweet the other day saying that uh, social, your, your Social Security checks are the highest they've been. Well, of course, because Social Security is indexed for inflation by law, and so because inflation is 10%, they went up 10%. Well, that's not a ringing endorsement. You didn't get any extra money. You just got, a, you got an inflationary adjustment. And so, m- amazingly, the White House took down the tweet because they know they had been fact-checked, and this Orwellian propaganda wasn't going to work. I mean, if, you, if you've read 1984... You know that you know, the chocolate rations are cut. They put out an announcement saying your chocolate rations have increased. And everyone knows it's not true. But because the government says it's true, well, it's true. This is where we are, right? We're in this Orwellian doublespeak situation in the United States government. Misinformation, disinformation. It's coming from the highest levels of government. And so we have this speech by President Brandon last week on, uh, on Wednesday night where he says that this election is about democracy. And I'm going to show you the inconsistency in this speech. It's really funny. If, if, uh, if these people were actually being honest, now Brandon didn't write this. I don't know which, 
which speechwriter, which historian got involved in this to write this. I don't know if it was Meacham or somebody else. But it's a really bad speech. Okay, so let me start with this. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty bad. But he begins with uh, a discussion of the attack on Paul Pelosi. Now, we know... There's a lot of inconsistencies in this here. We, we, nobody. This is, the, again, the beautiful thing about what's happening in America now. No one really trusts the official narrative on this. They don't trust what's been put out by the San Francisco Police Department. They don't trust what's been said about the guy that did it. Um, who knows what's true and what isn't true? We, you, can't, you can't trust even the authorities any longer with what they're putting out with official statements. We don't know. The, of course, the other thing is... If this was a, a, a reversed, right, the a conservative had been attacked, well, then the left would not be trusting what the police are saying. I mean, look at how the left has said, we're going to defund the police. We can't trust the police. Now we can trust the police. We can trust the police for what they're saying. I mean, this is, this is again, this is all hilarious to me. So he begins with that, and then he says, look, this, this is the exact same thing that happened on January 6th. For two years now, this entire party, has been running an anti-Trump campaign for two years. They can't really run on anything they've done. They can't run on any successes that they've had. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on foreign policy. They can't run on any of it. Even Brandon apparently was upset with uh, Zelensky begging for more money. Well, but they keep giving it to him, right? So uh, even Brandon knows this is, this is suicide for the Democratic Party. But... They've, they've now gotten on board. There's really no stopping that train. So uh, they can't really run on anything. So what they're going to run on is fear that you will never be able to vote again if you don't vote for Democrats on, uh, on November uh, 8th next week. Uh, November 9th, I'm sorry. You'll never, you'll never be able to do it again, right? It's, it's over. If you don't vote for Democrats on November 8th, excuse me, November 8th next week. I actually just pulled a brand in there because I read his thing and he said the 8th and 9th. If you don't vote for Democrats on the 8th, it's over. You will never vote. But that doesn't make any sense because he actually says the exact opposite in the speech. So it begins with that, right? Uh, that Trump has been uh, out there campaigning about uh, the fact that the 2020 election is stolen. He calls it the big lie. And uh, this big lie is threatening democracy. And it's the exact same thing, what the, what the guy said to Paul Pelosi, is the exact same thing they were saying in the Capitol on January 6th. So then he gets into the, the platitudes and slogans and uh, all the things that the, the Democrat Party has become famous for in the last two years. He says, in this moment, we have to confront those lies with the truth. The very future of our nation depends on it. I mean, the hyperbole here is just over the top. The very future of our nation. Well, I mean, we could get into whether we have a nation or not. That's a whole other thing. My fellow Americans, we're facing a defining moment, an inflection point. We must, with one overwhelming unified voice, speak as a country and say there is no place, no place for voter intimidation or political violence in America, whether it's directed at Democrats or Republicans, no place, period, no place ever. So President Brandon now is coming out and he's saying that um, we can't have any more political violence. This is actually rich, right? Because the Democrats have been engaging in political violence for a very long period of time. 
I mean, Steve Scalise says hello, right? So where were the Democrats out saying these kind of things when a member of Congress was actually shot by a deranged leftist? I mean, where are these people when that happened? They weren't saying much at all, right? And so where were they when Rand Paul was attacked? Nowhere. In fact, they said Rand Paul deserved it. But now that it's Nancy Pelosi, the president has to stand up and say, there's no place for political violence in America. It's all hypocritical. There's no accountability for these people. And everyone knows it now. And again, this is what social media has done the last several years. It's exposed the hypocrisy and stupidity of all these people. And every time they do something like this, well, people just say, yeah, well, you're stupid. Uh, I mean, this is, look at this, look at this, look at this. And of course, you do have their syncophants and those that are on Twitter and Facebook and and in the media and the press, I mean, everywhere. The establishment, ac- uh, academics, uh, the uh, the celebrity group, they're all going to come out and rally, circle the wagons and rally around this and say, yeah, these people are right. But everyone with a brain, and that's real America, knows that these people are all full of it. So he says, I speak today near Capitol Hill, near the U.S. Capitol, the citadel of our democracy. Now think about that. What did he just do there? The citadel of our democracy. The citadel of our democracy. He didn't call it uh, some type of, you know, uh, chapel of our democracy or, uh, you know, something like that, a hollowed ground. He didn't do it this time. He didn't have any religious imagery, but a citadel. So now it's a fortress. (laughs) So it's no longer a church. It's a fortress. I know there's a lot there's a lot at stake in these midterm elections, from our economy to the safety of our streets to our personal freedoms to the future of health care and social security, Medicare. It's all important, he says, but we'll have our differences. We'll have our differences of opinion, and that's what it's supposed to be. But there's something else at stake. Democracy itself. I'm not the only one that sees it. Recent polls have shown an overwhelming majority of Americans believe our democracy is at risk, that our democracy is under threat, that they they, they, too, see that democracy is on the ballot this year, and they're deeply concerned about it. But when you look at the polling numbers, um, an overwhelming majority? No. An overwhelming majority of Democrats, which is actually the minority at this point. The overwhelming majority of Americans in the polls are worried about gas prices and food prices and jobs. This is what they're worried about. They're not worried about democracy at stake. You know why they're not worried about it? Because they're going out and voting anytime they want. This is the funny thing about all of this. Biden is sitting here saying democracy is at stake. The Republicans have suppressed votes. They've been on the record saying this. There's voter suppression in America right now. Yet, as he says later on the speech, more people have voted early than at any point in American history. So if democracy, if people are being denied the vote, if they can't vote, if, if there's voter suppression, how is that happening? This is the weird thing. How is that happening? If we've got a situation where people are being denied the ability to vote, how are we having record early voting turnout in America? Well, I'll tell you how. Because nobody's being denied the ability to vote. It's that simple. So all of this is hyperbole. All this is scare tactics, fear-mongering, and it's all based on a lie that somehow, some way, Republican states have made it to where Democrats can't vote. I mean, look, Rachel Maddow has said, if we don't vote now, we'll never vote again. Give me a break. No one's saying these people can't vote. Now, we may think that their vote is stupid, 
that their vote is, I mean, it's the wrong way, but no one's saying you can't cast that vote. No one's doing that. But hyperbole, fear, scare tactics, and the fact that the Democrats think this is a winning strategy, that if they go out, if Brandon goes out and says this on Wednesday, and of course we just had George Will, who George Will is awful most of the time, but every now and then he writes a piece that's actually spot on, when he said it's time to get rid of Brandon and Kamala. In the, in the Washington Post, he writes, it's time to get rid of these people because they're worthless. Kamala Harris and her word salad speeches that mean nothing. I mean, they're the most idiotic speeches ever made in American history. Brandon, who can't get through a speech without stumbling, mumbling, and bumbling. This is, this is what we have, right? So when, when the establishment starts to turn on these people, you know they're in trouble. The Democrats know they're in trouble. You can look at all the positive spin they're trying to say where they're going to win back, they're going to keep control of the House, they're going to win the Senate, they're going to win, they're going to pick up several governor's seats. They're going to get all of that. All of it's going to happen. All these great things. The only thing I can say is that nobody's really going to believe it if it does happen. The Democrats, for the, if you want to know what really would save democracy, quote-unquote, in America, is for the Democrats to get trounced in this election. Because it will validate what everyone knows probably really happened in 2020 if it wasn't for the fact that you did have maybe not illegal things going on, but I've said this from the beginning. I've said it since 2020. There were some irregularities, some, some things that were legal, but that were unethical happening out there. And you weren't going to be able to prove it. I said it in 2020. Nothing could prove it. And Biden actually in this speech says, uh, we've, we've looked at all this. We know that uh, we've, we've looked at all these elections. It's, he says uh, the great irony is the 2020 election is that, is that it's the most attacked election in our history. And yet there's no election in our history that we can be more certain of its results. Well, I don't know about that, Joe. But the fact is, uh, I said this, they're never going to be able to prove anything. They couldn't in 1960 when we know dead people were voting. Nixon's lawyers were all over it. They couldn't prove anything in court, so Nixon lost. Just like I know that they weren't going to be able to prove anything in court in 2020. It wasn't going to happen. And so, Donald Trump lost. We know there are some things that were going on that were a little bit shady. We know there was ballot harvesting, for example. We know people were being, you know, just being essentially ballots were being filled out for them and then put in, stuffed in ballot boxes. Whether there were people that were these mules or whatever. I mean, we that's all speculation or... I mean, if you if you watch the Dinesh D'Souza documentary, you, he, he thinks it really happened. We know that there's people that say it didn't happen. We know there's a lot of dispute about this, right? Contestable evidence on both sides. But we do know that there are some things going on because of the pandemic, quote-unquote, because of judges and other things making it to where you could vote uh, anytime, anywhere. Oh, I mean, and we, there's no security in that. We know that there are some shady things happening. But listen to the hyperbole in this before he says that. He says, So today I appeal to all Americans, regardless of party, to meet this moment of national and generational importance. Right? This is the most important election in our lifetime, which will be followed next time by the most important election in our lifetime, which will be followed next time by the most important election of our lifetime. We must vote knowing what's at stake and not just the policy of the moment. But institutions that have held us together as we sought a more perfect union are also at stake. We must vote knowing who we have been and we're at risk of becoming. This doesn't even make any sense, right? That's just complete word salad. That's a ridiculous paragraph. But again, you can see 
are perfect unions. It's a perfect union of what? Not of people, but of states. Well, that's been gone for a long time, Joe. We haven't had that since 1861. Look, my fellow Americans, the old expression, freedom is not free, requires constant vigilance. From the very beginning, nothing has been guaranteed about democracy in America. Well, we never really had democracy in America, except at the state level. That's the dirty little secret, right? I mean, uh, the reason the Constitution was written is to try to clamp down a democracy. It's not a democratic document. We have a federal republic with uh, representation, Republican representation. We don't have a direct democracy, and we shouldn't. We don't have a democracy now. We shouldn't. So when these people run around talking about democracy, we know this is not what we really have in America. But they want to they want to angle in that direction because they think that helps them, because they think they are the majority, and that if they can just get 50 plus 1, 50% plus 1, they can dominate and do whatever they want. It's all about power for them. Every generation has to defend it, to protect it, preserve it, choose it. <laughs> choose it. Every generation has to choose it. For that's what democracy is. It's a choice, a decision of the people, by the people and for the people. The issue couldn't be clearer in my view. I don't think people really even have a choice anymore, right? I mean, this is what we have. Nobody has a choice in this. There's no consent in any of this. We just do it because this is what we're told we have to do. This is what America is, right? So this is what we have to do. We the people must decide whether we will have fair and free elections and every vote counts. We the people must decide whether we're going to sustain a republic where reality is accepted, the law is obeyed, and your vote is truly sacred. Where reality is accepted. <laughs> what reality is that? I mean, do the Democrats going to live in the real world or clown world? We know they live in clown world most of the time. So, so it's really funny when the Democrats say, we have to accept reality, when they look at reality and say, that's not true, all the time. All the time, just look on so many social issues, they don't actually look at reality. This is funny to me. It's absolutely hilarious. We, the people, must decide whether the rule of law will prevail or whether we will allow the dark forces and thirst for power put ahead of, uh, of the principles that have long guided us. Well, you know, that's, that's an awful self-reflective statement. The Democrats are the most power-hungry party in America. They always have been. That's what the impeachment process was all about. It was trying to get rid of Donald Trump was all about because they were throwing a little temper tantrum because they thought they won the 2016 election. Remember, they all ran around saying eventually it was a little illegitimate. It was Russian interference, Russian collusion. That was all about denying the legitimacy of an election. And so they ran around for four years. They impeached Trump twice, saying it's illegitimate, saying Trump's not the real president. And then when Trump pulls it in 2020, oh, this is about this. Oh, you can't say that now. You can't say it. So, I mean, this is, this is hilarious. They created this stuff. So then he blames the extreme MAGA element of the Republican Party. So it's a minority of the party, but it's the dri bus driving, it's, it's the driving the force, right? It's the bus driving the, the, the party there. It's trying to succeed where they failed in 2020, to suppress the right of voters and subvert the electoral system itself. That means denying your right to vote and deciding whether your vote even counts. Now, okay, so supposedly these people are denying, they're suppressing votes. They're denying the right to vote. This is what they're doing. 
Yet later on, he says that more people have voted now early than at any time in American history. So again, how is this happening? If that's what they're really doing, then you would think that uh, nobody Democrats wouldn't be able to vote at this point. But we know in large numbers, I mean, again, in Fulton County, probably 200 million Democrats have already voted. All for Stacey Abrams. We know that. So if that's the case, how are these people being suppressed? Instead of waiting until election is over, they're already starting well before it. They're starting now. They've emboldened violence and intimidation of voters and election officials. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America this year. 300 election deniers. You mean like the... Are you counting the Democrats that denied Trump's election in 2016? Are you counting those? This is where Kari Lake was so funny when the press pulled this on her. Are you an election denier? Oh yeah, come here, come here, 21-year-old kid uh, who did all this research that Democrats have forgotten about. What about Stacey Abrams who denied the, the election uh, in 2018? What about that? She never, I mean, she conceded. She'll not, oh, I conceded the election. But not really. She said she was the winner for years. She said she's the legitimate government for years. Brian Kemp never really won. She's done it for years. Now she's not saying that anymore because saying that would make her an election denier. You see, this is the funny part of all of this. And you have it through the Democrats. I mean, all, all down the line, right? All these Democrats denied Trump won the 2020 election. They all denied that Brian Kemp won the 2018 election. And you can look at other elections. They all denied that George W. Bush won the 2000 election. Whatever it is. These people deny it. They deny it all the time. 300 election deniers. It's damaging, it's corrosive, and it's destructive. And I want to be very clear. This is not about me. It's about all of us. It's what makes America, America. It's about the durability of a democracy. For democracies are more than a form of government. They're a way of being. A way of seeing the world. A way that defines who we are and what we believe and why we do what we do. Democracy is simply that fundamental. <laughs> Again, ideology, right? Look, we have ideologues in power and every, at every level, left and right. We don't have anybody that's really relying on tradition. This is all about ideology. It's about a, a mythical reliance on democracy, whatever that means. It's about being it's a way of being. See, democracy, it's a being. <laughs> it's, it's not just a voting process. It's a way of being and thinking and seeing and believing. It's a religion. It's Abraham Lincoln and his secular religion. This is what we have, ladies and gentlemen. And then you have Joe Biden, of course, trying to Talk about different forms of government. Autocracy is the opposite of democracy. It means the rule of one, one person, one interest, one ideology, one party. To state the obvious, the lives of billions of people from antiquity until now have been shaped by the battle between these competing forces, between the aspirations of the many and the greed and the power of the few, between the people's right for self-determination and the self-seeking autocrat, between the dreams of a democracy and the appetites of an autocracy. Yeah, like now. <laughs> like now, I mean, when you have a, a party that's really thirsting for power, like the Democrats, this is what this is all about. This is all about power. He says, "Make no mistake, democracy is on the ballot for all of us. We must remember that democracy is a covenant 
We need to start looking out for each other again, seeing ourselves as we, the people, not as entrenched enemies. This is a choice we can make. Disunion and chaos are not inevitable. There's been anger before in America. There's been division before in America. We've never given up on the American experiment, and we can't do that now. But I would say people that are talking about federalism and decentralization are really adhering to the American experiment because we don't want to be governed by people that don't that aren't like us, right? So you can have a center that has less power and the states having more, and that would be a beautiful thing. It would actually be a much more peaceful situation than what we have now, which is top-down. And of course, you look at what he's saying here. It's a covenant, right? This is a religion. Democracy is a religion. It's a religion. So I want to get down to where he says, and I want to, I want to kind of wrap this up, but I want to have long podcasts this week. He says, look, even as I speak here tonight, 27 million people have already cast their ballot in the midterm elections. But I thought you said people weren't able to vote. Millions more will cast their ballots in the final days leading up to November the 9th, 8th, excuse me. And for the first time, this is the first time that the national election of 2020, since the national election of 2020. So we're seeing record turnout all over the country. And that's good. We want Americans to vote. Wait a second. I thought you said people can't vote. I thought you said these people are being suppressed. I thought you said nobody can go out and vote right now. I thought you said that if you don't vote, you can't vote ever again. But you just said 27 million people have voted. We're going to see record turnout. But you just said people can't vote. This is ridiculous. So then he says, uh, I hope you'll ask a simple question of each candidate you might vote for. Will that person accept the legitimate will of the American people and the people voting in his, in, in his district or her district? Will that person accept the outcome of the election, win or lose? I don't know, Joe. Do you think we should be asking Democrats that question too? Because I think there's a lot of Democrats who wouldn't say that. They didn't say it in 2020. They didn't say it in 2018. So this speech is is stupid. It's stupid from the beginning. And again, I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around how the Democrats think this is going to be the winning formula for 2022. How saying democracy is in peril is going to be the thing that drives people to the polls and gets people voting and makes it to where everyone wants to run out and vote Democrat. I can't figure this out. There's so many other issues. But this is beautiful for the opposition because this speech is ridiculous and worthless. And so because of that, I don't think there's any way that the Democrats, this is going to save the Democrats. In fact, people are running from Joe Biden. This speech is a joke, and everyone saw it and knew it. It's why the media didn't really cover it that much. I mean, they talked about it a little bit, but it's been swept aside already because they realize that uh, this isn't the speech that Biden needed to make. If you wanted to save the, the Democrat Party, you needed to come out and talk about things like the economy and inflation and all the things there that they're going to do, supposedly, to try to help these things, which we know they can't. So, that's the situation. Elections tomorrow. We'll see what happens. I'm going to talk about some of the things with the election tomorrow um, and some predictions and some other things I have for it. But I'll see you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.